Hey everyone, cheers for tuning in to another episode of the Top End Podcast. Today, I talk to Amy Lawton, an extremely talented field hockey player who's currently playing for the Hockey Roos. Amy, lovely to have you on here. Um, how have you been? Uh, give us a rundown on um, how you've been handling the COVID situation, where have you been, what have you been up to? Um, for me, Corona, I guess, and all of it happening hasn't actually been too bad. Um, kind of when it first came about and I guess started spiking, especially in Australia, um, I guess earlier in the year, I was in Perth and uh, we were in gym actually when we got told that the program was going to be decentralised. Um, but yeah, after that, we all headed home pretty much. And I've been home for four, five, maybe just under four months actually. And then just actually recently came back last month back to Perth. Um, kind of literally just before the second wave hit Melbourne. So just got out in time, but yeah, everything's been going well, training back to full contact here in Perth, which is pretty lucky, but yeah, I've been going well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that's pretty lucky of you to avoid the second wave here in Vic. Um, but onto you, let's backtrack to the start of your sporting career. Um, I was reading a bit about you and saw that you played hockey, soccer and competed in triathlons as a kid. Um, And not only did you play all three, but you were also ridiculously good and made the big team in all three sports. So firstly, I'm just trying to wrap my head around how that's even possible. But I guess what I have to say is, like, how do you do it? I have a feeling weekends during your childhood were purely reserved for sport. Uh, Yeah, well... I guess for me, kind of growing up, I was just quite active. Like my whole family is, you know, into sport and all that. My parents did it growing up too. Um, So both my sister and I were kind of pretty much straight away into it all. Um, But yeah, I kind of did hockey and soccer. My dad loves soccer. So I think maybe that was a bit of an influence on me starting that. Um, But then hockey, I just started it because it's advertised my school newsletter. And then I guess just kept training for both of those and got better. Um, With triathlon though, that was actually through school sport. Um, didn't want to do the other ones, so decided to try triathlons and um, ended up being okay at it, I guess. But then quickly realised that considering I didn't do like little nippers and all that little swimming stuff growing up, I wasn't the best swimmer in the ocean. So after one nationals, that was kind of dropped and put to the side. So, um, but yeah, weekends were pretty busy. Um, but, you know, we loved it. So it was fine. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And you say like you weren't the best swimmer, but you still made big triathlon. I mean... I'm pretty sure you you would have been like decent at it, I'm guessing. Um, well, I mean, I wouldn't say the best, but I mean, made the state team. So that was pretty cool. But at that nationals for my that state team, actually, I came out of the water, I think, in last place. So my swim and ride was probably the fastest I'd ever done because I didn't finish last. So I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And so when did you kind of realise hockey was your calling? Like, When did it start becoming more serious for you because obviously being good at all three sports it would have been a pretty tough decision I'd imagine yeah well for me kind of after triathlon was kind of put aside that was generally just kind of a fitness thing and obviously doing it at school it was a good way to maintain fitness for the other two Um, but kind of I was doing hockey and soccer quite you know together all the way through until not actually like that long ago maybe halfway through year 11 or start of year 11 10 kind of around then I kind of I guess just started doing more hockey and getting further with my hockey and I think it was not really a decision I never you know had to sit down and go which one um which I'm kind of thankful for because I know for people who are put in that situation that would be so hard and I would not want to have to make a decision like that but I guess for me it wasn't that 
um, hard in the fact that for me, hockey was just taking over a bit more. I was doing better at it. Um, and I think I just enjoyed the general environment and the kind of hockey community a little bit more than the soccer community. So I guess it was kind of just like the balance slowly kind of was more towards hockey. So, yeah. 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 That makes sense. And you said um, you did soccer and hockey um, side by side up to year 11. Aren't they both winter sports? yeah it was um pretty tough actually it was kind of like junior hockey friday night senior hockey sorry school hockey saturday morning senior hockey saturday afternoon then soccer on sundays so it was pretty full on but i mean i think that's kind of when it started to make the difference because i'd go to more hockey trainings in the week when there were those clashes um which yeah probably influenced my decision in the end yeah yeah seems like it um yeah just wondering um obviously being a natural um, athlete ever since you were young did you kind of always believe that um, you were good or did you need other people like coaches or teammates to kind of help build that confidence over the years um well for me specifically in hockey I feel like I was never kind of a strong player I kind of I remember I was playing at Casey which was our local club and I was definitely one of the weakest players in the team I was just you know that little small winger running up and down and doing shuttles on the sideline because that was kind of all I could really do and then um, Southern United where I ended up playing pretty much my whole life until I moved here to Perth um, they had a really good juniors program and one of the coaches there kind of picked me up and said let's go over there and give it a try so I did and um, I never was the strongest and I do remember in like under 10s or something being the weakest player you know chucked on the left wing to just run around and get the ball occasionally but I think that's when I kind of started deciding you know if I want to be good I need to you know be like these other kids on the field and um, so I guess maybe you know the influence of other players a little bit but I think also as I got a bit older like I slowly started to you know realize that I was actually good if I you know put my mind to it I would you know hopefully <laughs> be good enough to be in the hockey rooms and things like that so I think maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, that, that's amazing that um, you kind of, um, when you were younger, like in this at the start of your hockey career, you didn't think you were that good. Were there any um, instances that you can specifically remember where you were kind of doubting your ability? Um, I wouldn't say a specific moment that I remember, but I do. One thing that like sticks with me, I guess now is in that kind of junior age group when I wasn't the strongest, there was a few players that I was really close with kind of throughout my junior years who um, were always stronger than me. And I remember, I don't know who it was, but um, mum and dad kind of said, oh, this um, international player, not sure who it was, um, suggested like on some live stream or something like that, that, you know, do a hundred drags every single day just to tighten up your skills. And for me, I started doing hundred drags every single day just to tighten up my skills. And then slowly, I guess I started kind of almost progressing up the ranks, I'd say in um, plays in the team. Um, but I feel like I never tried to compare myself to the others just because it's a team sport. And at that age, I was just out there having fun kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that um, idea that you kind of talked about um, not comparing yourself to others because I feel like that's a really um, easy trap to fall into, especially pretty much everything in our lives is built around comparing yourself to others. So um, I guess that, that was that would have been a really, um, that seems like really good advice to kind of help boost anyone who's, uh, boost the confidence of anyone who's kind of struggling with that. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, I definitely agree. And especially in my sport being a team sport, like everyone's position is different. You can't, you know, be the same as everyone else. So, you know, just keep working on what you need to work on rather than 
focusing what's happening on everyone else. Yeah, spot on. Um, so moving on, um, how do you think your mentality has changed towards the sport in terms of um, do you kind of see it mostly as a job now or do you still experience the fun and love for the sport that you kind of experienced um, when you were younger? I think for me right now, it's definitely still just enjoying the sport. Um, I think, you know, I guess now as I've progressed up the ranks and now that I get paid to play and things like that, I think maybe that's potentially when you could think about, you know, I'm doing this just purely as a job rather than, you know, for the love of the sport. Um, but I think for me, especially when I first kind of came to the program, I was like to my parents and everyone was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting paid. Like, that's so crazy. Like what's happening kind of thing. Because honestly, if I wasn't getting paid, it wouldn't mean any different to me. I'd still want to be here doing exactly what I'm doing now. So I think, I think that's a good, like, I guess, example of that. I'm just here and doing it because I love it and I want to get better every single day kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good attitude to have. And it kind of leads nicely into my um, next question. So, um, you know, a lot of athletes tend to quit their sports at around, you know, 14, 15, 16, because they're, you know, they're getting bored. They get distracted by other aspects of life, such as, you know, um, going out with friends to parties and all that, um, or they can't handle the seriousness of the sport anymore. And so what do you think, what do you reckon your secret has been um, like that's allowed you to play hockey for so long? Because it seems like, yeah, just um, your love for the sport is just, um, yeah, it's like taking over you, I guess. Yeah, well, I think for me, like, especially going through like year 11 and 12, having 18th birthdays almost every weekend and, you know, parties and obviously introduction of being able to drink and drive and all those other things going out, all that kind of stuff. I feel like for me, I never kind of felt like I was missing out ever. Um, Just because I know like, after I finished my career, that stuff still exists. But for me, this career that I'm, you know, this path I'm following is not going to be there in 20 years because, you know, I'll be too old or, you know, something like that. I just feel like there's other time for that. I don't have to worry about that at the moment. And there's kind of a bigger picture to what I'm trying to focus on rather than those things. And, you know, like sometimes I see my friends going out and I'm like, oh, like I wish I was with them, but I know I've got to get up tomorrow at six o'clock in the morning to go to training. And I'm doing that because I want to go to the Olympics or I want to, you know, do com games or that stuff. And like, I get to travel the world doing something I love. So that's pretty cool anyway, as it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like your sacrifice and just pure discipline is paying dividends. So yeah, that's, yeah. Respect to you. That's, yeah, that's really good. Um, just touching on some of your major achievements thus far, being a part of the Australian under 18 team. Uh, which qualified for the Olympic Youth Games in Buenos Aires and finished fifth. And obviously now being part of the Hockey Roos, you've achieved so much um, in your relatively short career. Um, I was just wondering, how do you keep motivated to keep striving for more? Um, Well, I think like over the time, you know, slowly making teams and going on tournaments and winning awards and things like that, I feel like it's almost like a bit of like, I don't know, energy to keep going for more, keep wanting to achieve more things. And it's not like in a selfish way, it's just because it's like, it's super cool to be able to do those things. And I think that stuff comes with the training and all that hard work that nobody really sees. And that's kind of just what everyone sees. Um, But I think for me, just staying motivated and stuff like that is just wanting to be a better player every day. And I think me being now in the Hockey Roos program, training with girls who are better than me, 100% better than me. They've been in the program for years. They know what's happening. They know the other teams. They know everything. They've been on this, you know, they've been to Olympics, Com Games, et cetera. I think 
there's just so much more that I can learn from all those players. And yeah, I just think things like that, you know, it, it comes with it, but it's not the, you know, the epitome of it all. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that kind of speaks out to me, um, just talking to you now is just, um, you just seem hungry, like just hungry to keep learning, keep improving. And yeah, that's, that's a really good attitude to have. So yeah, that's really good. Um, just another thing. So this, this, um, I was kind of thinking, um, when I was writing the questions to ask you and this one kind of stood out to me because obviously you were such a talented athlete, um, like growing up, but you still chose to finish your schooling. And I know for tennis, um, which is what I play, if a kid's playing professional tennis like you, like odds are they're not completing school and instead they're devoting all of their time completely to tennis. So I'm just curious to kind of know your thoughts behind finishing your schooling. Um, well, one big difference between hockey and tennis is there's not much money in hockey compared to tennis. Um, so pretty much every hockey player in the hockey rooms and kookaburras, so both the men and women's squad have full-time work and are studying or, you know, other, either way around pretty much. Um, just because we can't live off our pay, which is just the way it is. Hockey's not um, a huge sport in Australia, even though we, you know, always finish in top four, at least at major events every single year since, you know, decades ago, really. Um, which is just the way it is. And I guess for me, I want to have something after hockey. And I know a lot of hockey players, their career could be long, could be short. You could get an ACL and be out, you know, for the rest of your life, things like that. I think, you know, kind of maybe want to finish school and I didn't want to quit school just for hockey and the fact that with the way the hockey program works is you kind of make stages I guess like you make age group stuff then you make perform at national tournaments get selected into squads then go to um, other tournaments etc um and I wasn't in the national program before the end of year 12 I had played games with the um hockey ruse but I wasn't in the program so I guess wasn't guaranteed yet for me um so I think, yeah, and I just want to have something else after school that's different and that I am interested in and have been working for. But then again, also like having something outside of hockey, I think it's really good for like your mental health as well, um, which I know a lot of the girls think as well, which is why a lot of them do other stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Learn, I'll just learn a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, with what you just said there, that's still kind of amazing me that um, hockey that like, a lot of hockey professional hockey players can't live off purely hockey. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's wow. just how it is, I guess. But there's just so much funding in our sport and pretty much for um, our next kind of set of funding, it relies on placing at Olympics. So we have to try and do well there. Oh, wow. Do you ever, do the players like ever think about that going into the Olympics kind of like in the back of their minds, like they know that they have to perform well to get the funding? Um, I think that's something really to the back of, um, I guess, their minds. I wouldn't know. I've not been to Olympics or any kind of com games or anything, um, hopefully in a few years. But, um, I mean, that's something you think about, but I think it's not something at the time to worry about. I think it's more just about how you perform and, you know, trying to do the best for your country rather than the funding stuff because that just comes after. But, yeah, I think also, like, every, yeah, like I said, everyone works and is studying for something um, as well anyway yeah so I'm curious to know now so are you um, currently doing any uni or whatever yeah I'm doing uni and um, have just started work so pretty busy 
Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah, your schedule must be pretty yeah, busy on top of training as well because, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, kind of making that transition from the juniors to the seniors, um, what were some of the biggest changes in the way the game's played, uh, the mentality everyone has, etc.? Just talk about it. Talk a bit about that. Um, I think the biggest difference and something that you can't really prepare for until you're at the next level is kind of just like the increase in, t- in intensity. You can't replicate it at anything other than the international games kind of thing. And I think I really felt that on my debut. Um, you know, hadn't trained with the um, national girls um, really before I did like a two-week camp and then went and played against New Zealand who have Stacey Mickelson is one of the best players in the world and I had to mark her in my first ever time out on the field, which is a little bit stressful. Um, But I think just that like little change in intensity, but then also with our program having to move to Perth, no matter where you are, you have to be in Perth to be in the program. And I think that's a big life change for a lot of people. so I think just small things like that is the big differences kind of between junior and um, senior teams. But I think something that I guess like continues throughout all the teams is just like the kind of kindness of the girls and just everyone's really supportive. I know coming into my debut, I was scared. I was nervous to get out there, obviously. Um, but like everyone was really supportive of me, even though they hardly really knew me that well. Um, so, yeah, I think that's something that continues through the groups. But then again, yeah, you can't really prepare for the change until you're, you're there and you're in amongst it. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's the, that's the great thing about the team sports. The team sports, you know, you've got your teammates to back you up. Even when, you know, obviously making your debut against New Zealand, having to guard one of the best players in the world, that would have been, um, yeah, that would have been really tough mentally as well, um, just going into that match. So the fact that you had the, your teammates around you would have been a big help, I imagine. Yeah, it's really great all throughout every part of the program. Yeah. So just moving on, um, I want to know, what's your, what's your best memory on the hockey field so far? Um, probably my debut, just kind of putting on the bodysuit. We play in bodysuits. We don't anymore, but for my debut, we did. Um, putting on the bodysuit for the first time, you know, my name, my number now. Um, and there's kind of, there's a thing on our playing kit. We have the debut number. So every single player, whenever they debuted, has a number. So I was the 503rd Australian to debut for the Hockey Roos. And that's my number forever because no one can steal it. Because um, that's the 503 is my number. Um, so I think just small things like that was like, probably the best moment and getting my first touch in that game and not making a mistake. So that was pretty exciting. Um, maybe also my first goal um, with the um, hockey roos was in Japan, um, just in a penalty corner, a little deflection, um, but everyone got around me. Small things like that. It's probably some of my best memories at the moment. Yeah. Sounds amazing. And I'm thinking 503 is your favorite number. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's got to be up there now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. In contrast, um, what's the worst memory that you've had on the hockey field? Um, I think for me, I find I'm very good at dwelling on mistakes in games. So that's probably got to be some of the, I guess, worst times in games and things like that. But also other things like recently we've had a girl who's gone, who's retired. So I guess that's not on field, but not having her on the field with you anymore, just more things like that. Also it's like, 
a change and you know that's someone who you've trained with and you're going to miss playing with them but that's just a decision they've made um but yeah for me definitely dwelling on my mistakes is something that's a negative and I don't like because I'm not good at getting out of that headspace but you know something I'm working on but that's probably one of the worst memories that sometimes still occurs yeah yeah fair enough but yeah at least at least you're still working on yourself you know getting better every day (laughs) trying yeah (laughs) (laughs) so moving on um just talk us through what your training schedule looked like um while you were still at school because i can imagine you didn't have much free time yeah well i can't remember it exactly but it was a lot of so i was supposed to do gym on like monday and wednesday mornings but i had a, you know, had a chat to some of the people at school and did gym at school at Tuesday and Thursday lunchtimes at Keysborough, which is our main campus. And um, I think that was helpful. So I didn't have to get up at crazy time in the morning to go into gym. Um, but yeah, pretty much training every night, I'd say. Um, so pretty busy. And then um, when I did juniors before I was too old, I did um, juniors Friday night school, Saturday mornings and um, women's Saturday kind of midday lunchtime which I said before um but which is still quite a lot of loading on the legs throughout the week and I think um I wasn't very good at managing that loading I never got injured touch wood that doesn't happen but um yeah I think a lot of very busy um I got used to doing homework in the car on the way to training eating dinner on the way home in the car um and then pretty much here I am getting straight into bed every single night to get up the next morning and do it all again um and living about an hour out of where we trained probably didn't help that. A lot of driving for my parents <laughs> became Uber drivers a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's just the sacrifice, I guess, you make to do the sport. Yeah, yeah. And also, yeah, respect to your parents as well because, yeah, that's not easy. Um, yeah, going for, like, hour drives there and back to your training sessions, um, I'd imagine that'd be tough on them as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, respect to them. Yeah, I think they're pretty happy. I've moved to Perth now. I've got one less kid to drive around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, obviously on the Halebury first hockey team, um, what did school hockey provide you that was um, kind of unique to all your other external hockey activities? Um, Halebury hockey and Halebury sport in general kind of just brought me less pressure and more enjoyment um our hockey team was generally quite good we had strong players throughout you know all my years through year seven to all the way into year 12 so I never felt stressed doing school hockey it was just go and have some fun with some friends and we ended up doing well so it ended up working out perfectly we got three premierships out of the six years I played so pretty good ratio I'd say um <laughs> but no it was just so fun like sometimes that trainings we wouldn't really do anything because me and Liv Carruthers, who was co-captain with me in our final year, were just, you know, having a good time with the girls. Um, so I think definitely that aspect. Yeah, and I guess that's a really nice thing to have as well, especially um, when you are serious about your sport. It's still good to have those um, those fun times as well when you're training and when you're playing the sport because it kind of reminds you why you started in the first place. So yeah, that would have been, yeah, yeah, that would have been good to have. Um, yeah, I've always, I've always liked um, asking athletes who play team sports this question. Um, are you genuinely happy when the team wins, even if you play trash? Um, for me, I try to be yes all the time because it's obviously great to get a win. Um, but I think, you know, back when I'm by myself, not necessarily with the group, I'm very much like, oh, you know, not the best game. Um, 
but you know try not to dampen the mood of the win overall because you know it's a team sport we're there to do it together not by myself um so yeah but um like i said before if i make mistakes i do dwell on them so i do get upset sometimes um but i try not to show it too much and then later go and watch the video or something like that and go through it um but yeah definitely always happy with the win um especially now at international level that means a lot so yeah 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 that makes sense and you know yeah um yeah you probably shouldn't be um striving for perfection all the time and yeah you should just be happy with the win which is yeah exactly what you said so um yeah that's good um yeah just moving on how do you how do you kind of deal with pressure in tight match situations what are some of the things that you do to try and um keep the butterflies away um i try to go back to the basics especially if i'm feeling stressed or yeah have butterflies things like that um and know that at the end of the day i know how to play hockey otherwise i would not be where i am at um so yeah try to go just go back to basics do the simple things right trap and pass um keep running around keep trying to get involved things like that um but yeah, obviously, like I said, again, for team support, having teammates around you really helps with that kind of um, stress and um, nerves, I guess. Um, but yeah, small things like that, having your teammates just say a little thing, just being like, even a pat on the back, high five, something like that could definitely help um, make it a little bit less stressful. But yeah, just trying to go back to basics, know that I can play the sport. So yeah, yeah, I like what you um, yeah, keep reinforcing me out going back to basics because I feel like um when everyone gets stressed you start overthinking you start making things more difficult um than they actually are and so yeah i feel like um just sticking to the the fundamentals is a really good um tip um to use when you're when you're feeling those nerves i guess yeah definitely and can be pretty much every sport so yeah exactly um you don't seem like a very angry person but just wondering have you ever snapped a stick in anger not in anger i have snapped one before it was actually at school hockey i was i just hit the ball having a shot at goal and it, the other end just flew off i don't even know how it happened it must have been a crack that had been there for a while that i didn't know about but it's pretty uncommon for people to break hockey sticks i think i don't know they're made out of like carbon and so they're pretty strong I've never seen it happen. I've never done it before. I don't think I'm strong enough to do it, but no, I've never done that. <laughs> okay. Just, yeah, just curious. Did you hit anyone? <laughs> Did you hit anyone? Um, I've accidentally hit people before, but I think that just, you have to be, that just happens. Like if, you know, the ball's coming, you might hit somebody or they might hit you. I've been hit a few times, but you just cop it and move on. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah. Next question. Um, what's what's kind of the nice city that you've been to for a tournament um that's a tough question because they're all you know beautiful in their own way um for me probably buenos aires or south africa um buenos aires just because that was for youth olympics so just the whole environment was so cool like living in a village like the olympics having all that kind of stuff um it's also like a really um pretty city um and you know some of the cool places there um that we got to see so buenos aires for that reason more of the village lifestyle <laughs> olympic lifestyle and then south africa because you know table mountain just beautiful we went on safari tour um in between games and um traveling and stuff like that so it's really pretty um and i just like love that life kind of 
that kind of scenery and my parents are both from um, Zimbabwe in Africa. So it's kind of, you know, getting to see what they lived with as kids, I guess. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And yeah, just on the village, um, I want to know how is like the, the atmosphere there? Cause obviously you would have been with your team and then like you would have been training, I'd assume maybe like during the day or something. Um, so it would have been pretty serious then, but um, was it still serious after the training or did you guys kind of like wind down, you know, have a bit of fun? Um, well, I think the village village lifestyle as such is very much, you can live it how you'd like. So yeah, we'd have training in the day and you catch the buses to that facility, which was kind of for us really close to the village only maybe five, 10 minute drive. Um, so that was good and being close compared to some of the other sports, which, you know, like sailing and stuff, which is you have to get to the coastline. So it's a bit further. Um, but yeah, outside of, I guess, the training stuff, the village always had something going on. I think, not sure what a real Olympics is like, but at the Youth Olympics, they had people like um, performers come in. They had a massive stage. They had like circus people kind of come in. So you could like try out, you know, juggling and all that kind of fun stuff. They had like lots of different tents, um, which you could go and learn how to do different things in there was like one for like videographer stuff and then one to make you can make a t-shirt and like all this different stuff um for me I got involved in all of that in our downtime um I was the only hockey player to go to the opening ceremony um I was the only person to make a t-shirt I was the only person to do all that stuff just because I wanted to get involved um and there was this weird thing at the youth olympics I had so you had to all wear your like I guess identification to get in and out of the village um and they had these little like tap and go kind of like kind of things um which were called yoggers um and you, everyone would have one and you'd yog other people like you'd scan your little thingy um to like share details or something and i don't know that was an activity everybody in the village would do because you get points and then you could win like a towel or something so everyone's going around hey do you want to yog do you want to yog so that was quite funny but yeah always something going on in the village and it was your choice whether you got involved or not yeah wow yeah seems like seems like you made the most of your time there seems like you enjoyed it a lot so yeah yeah that would have been that would have been an unbelievable experience yeah it was Um, awesome yeah moving on um what's something difficult that you've had to overcome in your hockey career um luckily for me i haven't really faced any injuries so i'm lucky for that aspect not having one because i know injuries like ACLs are very common in our sport just with lots of change in direction and stuff um for me probably one of the hardest things was probably finishing school and then moving here kind of straight away um you know I think I coped really well with the transition you know moving away from home at a young age just graduating starting uni starting work a whole new lifestyle a different group of girls training schedule different everything like that I think compared to a lot of people, I didn't feel as homesick, but still was probably one of the hardest kind of transitions in my life. And then again, with Corona coming up, then moving back home to just move back again. So I kind of moved three times in the last kind of six months, which is pretty crazy, I guess. Um, But I mean, I've moved into a host family so that, you know, the whole transition was so much easier because, you know, I have, I guess, parental figures in the house to help me out with all that stuff. other siblings host siblings um so it wasn't you know going in living in my own apartment by myself which i know i would have struggled with a lot more but that would still probably be one of the harder kind of things you have to do in the sport yeah yeah exactly and i feel like um for a lot of athletes especially um those going to 
um, college as well in America. Like it's a big move moving away from your family, but um, I guess that kind of comes with the sport. And, and at the end of the day, if you're an athlete, you kind of have to deal with that. So yeah, yeah, I guess it's just sacrifices you make. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just one of many. Yeah. Um, so just to finish off um, with this fun little question, I've asked this one before, but I still like it. Um, would you rather be the best player on a really bad team or the worst player on a really good team? So I read this in your list of questions and I did sit there for a minute just to think about it because, you know, then I did think about it and it brought me back to when I kind of was in that junior team and not very good. So I think I'd say worst in a good team because then I know that there's so much I can take from the other players. Whereas if I was the best in a worse team, I feel like it might just be a bit frustrating <laughs> and I wouldn't get any better really because I'd just be focusing on trying to get the ball all the time and trying to do everything possibly, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think definitely being the worst with a good team so you can get better, learn from them and hopefully they still pass you the ball. <laughs> Well, yeah, just, yeah, that really emphasizes your willingness to learn. <laughs> so that's good. Um, well, Amy, um, it's been a pleasure having you on here. And thank you so much for yeah giving me your time, I guess. Thank you. Thanks for having me.